Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs, Jr. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage, while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day while also helping men understand marriage and courting not dating in the catholic faith why because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage in this 171st episode depressed Try this before you get doped up at the doctor, part one, plus live phone calls from you answering your marriage and crisis questions. So please remember, if you're getting value out of this podcast over the next hour, please share it and give it a big thumbs up so we can get some resolution to your marriage confusion. And so our quote of the day is, quote, the three tensions of love. Despite the highest idealism, there are potentials for conflict in marriage. Marriage has three basic tensions, which are always inseparable from it because they are grounded in the metaphysical nature of man. End quote, Archbishop Fudenjay Sheen, book three two get married. All right. And all right. And so, Hey, first off y'all, I I'm already, uh, I moved every most, most everybody knows that I moved. <laughs> and so, uh, moved from the city out into, uh, from the city and in, out into the rural area. And so out there, out here, there's no internet, there's no phone surface, there's no nothing. So I have been trying for the last three weeks with the best of my ability <laughs> as a person to get this internet working, to get some kind of help, to get all of this going. And so finally, when I do, um, then I come on today and my microphone indicator is not working. And of course, the internet that I have, which I have Starlink, if all of you that don't know, I ha- I've had clients, re- um, some of my clients say it's, I should get it. And then um, a lot of my, um, and then out here, the friars, uh, the Franciscan friars that are out here, they have it too. And so I come on and the darn internet is going in and out. It's not working. Now it's a strong signal up, just went down again. So it's going to fluctuate. So I am, I hope that you guys can just try to be patient with me. My screen is probably going to freeze and unfreeze. And of course, my office, of course, is not set up properly, as you see. 
<laughs> so I have been away for three weeks and I'm like, look, you've got to get back and figure out a way to do this. So I'm asking you guys to try your best to be patient with old Jerry um, because I'm out here in the area trying to work with me and my wife or trying to give our lives to the Blessed Mother, to, to the Holy Spirit, to God. And so when you move out to, to, to sometimes serve God, sometimes, you know, it ain't, you know, things ain't working out. <laughs> it's just a little tough. So what we're going to do is we're going to try our best to work through this. Um, and I'm just so happy to be back. I'm, I'm really nervous today. I don't know why, but I was like, look, the phone call's going to go out. The Internet's going to go out. My camera ain't working. <laughs> The microphone is probably not working. Probably folks can't hear me. Uh, and but we're gonna try our best to see it work. Uh oh, okay. So Matthew can hear me, so that's great. Says Jay's back. Yeah, baby. Oh man, I hope this is Jay, baby. But today is gonna be like I'm gonna be it's gonna be clunky, y'all. So over the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna try to get this as the best I can and get back to the regular Catholic Alpha Radical Live. So today, though. I have been thinking about this for three weeks, um, this subject. And so because a lot of people really, really, really get in trouble. I mean, I'm sorry, suffer from depression. Um, and a lot of people do it for a small period of time. Some people have it a very long period of time. And the key is how to get out of that, how to to. um Use all of the knowledge and all the resources at your disposal to to get rid of depression because depression, man, is 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 bad. Uh, I got a client I just signed up with uh, three or four days ago, and he's panicking so bad, and he won't listen. He's he's just he's so he feels hopeless. Him and his wife is arguing, can't stop fighting. He can't. He's in hell and can't see his way out of it, and he's not letting me guide him out. And he's depressed and his confidence is down and all this kind of stuff, man. And the thing about people, especially men, we cannot think like we cannot allow the emotional thing to 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 grab us, man. We are men. We're not women. And if we allow our wives to push, pull us into that emotional battle, we're going to lose every time. We're going to lose our confidence. We're going to feel anxious. We're going to get depressed. We're going to feel hopeless. All of these things that that you feel when your world is crashing down. Um, the main thing, man, and when you're feeling like that is to really lean on Christ, man. That's step two of the A-step battle plan in my program. You lean on Christ, man. And the tougher it gets, the tougher you lean on Christ. And a lot of guys have weak, 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 weak faith. And so when we when we have weak faith, we can't really we allow Satan to pull put scales over our eyes and we just can't see our way out. So today we're going to I'm trying to uh, over the next two or three episodes, I'm going to try my best to help you guys understand some things that you can do to really start to help yourself out of depression instead of going to the doctor and getting doped up. And I hate that. I hate when people do that, you know. You are a very smart, intelligent person. You are resourceful. Stop letting doctors just dope you up when a lot of times it's not needed to. Just suffer a little bit. Suffer a little bit and figure out how to get yourself right, okay? And that's kind of like the theme of this whole day or two or three days is for you guys to 
Stop depending on man to do what you can do for yourself. And then if that doesn't work, then of course you go to the doctor um, and then the doctor will be so much happier that you've done all this stuff that I'm going to say do so that they can, they can diagnose, really truly diagnose what is really wrong with you. Okay. So, of course, like I said, the Internet's going in and out right now. Oh, it's kicking my eye. Oh, y'all, I hate it. <laughs> I just, I'm used to, hey, I'm just going to go lie. I'm used to that AT&T fiber gig up, gig down, baby. And then my backup was uh was in Xfinity, which was like 100 up, 100, no, 100 download, and then like 25 or 30 up or something like that. And this keeps fluctuating, man, and it's driving me crazy. I'm going to stop looking at it. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's going to degrade my podcast because <laughs> I'm going to be all weird. Okay, so now the rant of the day. Today's subject is what are the things to try before visiting a doctor for depression part one? And hear what I'm saying. What are some things that you can try to get rid of your own depression, which is way better than medicating yourself? Because medicating yourself, which we'll go into in a second. First, we will discuss the questions of the day to get our minds warmed up on this mysterious subject and depression is a mysterious subject but after i get done with this series you are going to think it's not that really that that it's really not that mysterious you know i can fight this okay so um first uh the info on depression next the info on depression and dysthymia is referenced in the book what to do when he won't change, saving your marriage when he is angry, selfish, unhappy, or avoid you by Dr. Jack Ito. So the he's a psychologist, psychiatrist kind of thing. So I've got the, uh, we're going to go over the question, what is depression um, and the two types? And so that you guys can kind of, before we even get started, even really understand what depression is. Okay. It's very important that you understand what depression is. And if you have it, and if you have had it long enough, man, it's, it's, it's deep, dude. It's deep. <laughs> when you really get into it, it's deep, man. Okay. So what is depression? So some characteristics, some characteristics of depression in marriage are um, you, um, you may feel or your wife may feel emotionless, emotionless. Um, you are or she is more likely to say that you don't know what is wrong with them, with yourself, then they are to say something is wrong with you. Um, if a wife or a husband has a mental, physical, or mood disorder, for example, depression or dysthymia, treating that should take priority. Okay. So this is what we're doing. When you have marriage problems, like a lot of guys I help, they go, man, she just won't, she just crazy. <laughs> she she's doing all this crazy stuff. She's trying to put me in jail. She's trying to take the kids from me. She's mean. She's mad. She's angry. What am I doing? And I'm just, he's like, I'm just standing here. I'm not doing nothing. Okay. And a lot of times when it comes with women, now we're going to talk about men too, but women, you know, women too, man, you got to understand women go through a lot more emotional trauma stuff than guys do. Okay. So that's why when your wife is acting weird, you as a man got to know this. You can't wait till she's sitting there screaming at you and trying to divorce you and trying to get you to move out and trying to get separated and all that kind of stuff. Man, you are down the road. But what you can do, even at that point, you can at that point, you still get can, can get things together. 
But what you've got to understand is, man, when a woman's in menopause, man, that is a big thing, too, to cause her to do crazy stuff. When a woman is in, um, when a woman, oh, when she's, if she's depressed over time, that will cause her to do, you know, feel, you know, messed up and depressed. Um, if her intimacy is bad, you know, um, that will, all those three things together, man, cause a woman to start to analyze her life and be the question of what am I doing here? What's going on? Okay. So this is why. I want you men to understand what depression is and what dysthymia is, dysthymia. I'm probably saying it wrong, but I'm going to say dysthymia. Um, And those are the two forms of depression. And then you can start to understand once you know what's going on, you can start to understand your wife better and even yourself better and what's going on. All right. Next. Um. This, uh, depression and dysthymia are mood disorders and what we are most interested in when dealing with the avoidant, withdrawn, or perpetually unhappy spouse. Both of these mood disorders can cause a loss of interest for your marriage. Dude, this, oh, that is a big one. Mood disorders can cause can cause you to be disinterested in your marriage, to like be like, I don't even care about it. I don't care what she does. I don't care what he does. I'm I'm done. I don't care. You know, um, mood disorders are bad, but the good thing is you can get you can help yourself and get rid of them. Okay. Um, if your spouse suffers from one of suffers from one of these these disorders, the first step is to get them information about them so they can see the symptoms in themselves and hopefully seek help. And that's kind of where we're going. I am a firm believer of if something happens to me where I I get sick or I don't feel well or something's going on with my body or my mentally, I'm a firm believer of like, I'm going to do, I'm going to try to get myself together first before I go to the doctor. I've been to the doctor like so many times and they'll go, okay, Jerry, you're close to type two diabetes or something, or, uh, you know, you have arthritis or or whatever, whatever it's been. And I just say, look, okay, I know what I'm, the numbers. You looked at my liver. You looked at my kidneys. You looked at everything. So give me six months and let me get myself together. And then when I come back, if it's, if I still, if it's still problems, then I'll take your high blood pressure medicine or I'll take your, um, you know, what is that? What is it called? Uh, for that, that mess they want you to take when you have oh, high cholesterol medicine, or I'll take your depression medicine and all that kind of stuff. Okay. But it's very important that you try to get yourself together first, believe it or not. And when you go to the doctor, the doctor's going to be good. You're going to say, I tried this, 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 and this, and I still got depression. Or I tried this, 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 and this, and I still, you know, I still have, um, I still have arthritis. I've tried this, 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 and this, and you know, my, uh, my knees still hurt, you know, and, and then the doctor can go, okay, cool. You tried all of that. That's fine. So now that helps them. That helps the doctor to really analyze and break down what you've done. I fasted, tried to clear out my st- stuff in my body and toxins in my body. You did that. The do- doctor goes, you did that. Yep. I did that. Okay. Boom. I can check that out. Whatever. Okay. Now depression, depression requires the presence of one, a deep 
a depressed, down, or sad mood for most of the time, more days than not for at least a two-week period. Or two, a two-week period of, of loss of interest or pleasure in activities that were once enjoyed. Okay, so I'm going to read those again because it's very important. I didn't set it up right. So a diagnosis of depression requires these two things. Number one, a depressed, down, or sad mood for most of the time, more days than not for at least a two-week period. Or number two, a two-week period of loss of interest or pleasure in activities that were once enjoyed. Okay, so check it out. So check it out. You're not depressed if you don't if you don't have the I'm going to read some symptoms, too. That'll help you. That's going to that's, in, that's involved in that, too. But basically, the time frame is a two week period. So if you feel depressed or down for one week, you're not you're not depressed. You're not depressed. OK, it has to be two weeks. OK, and then more days than not. So if you're depressed for, say, out of the 14 days, you're depressed for 10, you're highly down for 10. Then, OK, you have depressed. You're depressed. You have depression. OK, that's very important. Child, understand that. OK, in addition to one of the two requirements above, at least four of the following symptoms must be present during the same two-week period for a diagnosis of depression. So not only do you have to be depressed for a two-week period of time, loss of interest in activities, uh, uh, a depressed or down sad mood for most of those days, you also, you also must have at least four of the following seven symptoms. Number one, significant weight loss or weight gain or loss of appetite. Number two, Sleeping too much or too little. Number three, feeling slowed down like slow motion, physically agitated or restless. Number four, low energy or fatigue. Number five, feeling worthless or excessively guilty. Number six, difficulty with thinking, concentrating or making decisions. Okay. And number seven, recurring thoughts of death or suicide or suicide attempt or a plan. OK, so not only two weeks, loss of uh, your best sad mood, uh, loss of interest in activities, but you must also have at least four of those seven things that I just that I just mentioned. Now, that's just numbers. That's just that's depression. Now, there is another type of depression that I never even knew about until I read this book. That's why, guys, it's very good to read. It's very good to read. It's very good to read about your marriage. It's very good to read scripture, to read about the faith, watch videos, because you learn stuff that you didn't know that you didn't know. So now the second um, second type of depression is called dysthymia, D-Y-S-T-H-Y-M-I-A, if you guys want to look it up. Or it's, or it's called persistent depressive disorder, okay? Now, just so we're on the same page, y'all, I just want you guys to know I'm not one of these people as you if you heard listen to me anytime I'm not down with ADP OCD OCP all these different stuff that these psychiatrists then created to mess with our minds and to get us to come in and see them and stuff okay but depression is not something that that, that has been made up depression is something that is real 
a lot of times too, it's like a lot of times with stuff like what's that one where people just mean to all of a sudden then they stop being mean. I forgot what that's called, but that's kind of some kind of OCP or OCD something. Now you people can and another thing how you can know if a mental disorder is is fake, inadequate, or not real is you can control it. You can control it. When I'm at work, I treat everybody great. When I'm at home, I treat my husband like he's crap. Is that a real is that a mental disorder really? If I can control it, then it's not a mental disorder. If I can control something, then it's not I, I can that means I'm in control of it. I do it, I choose to do it or not to do it. Okay? This is why you got to be very careful when you let psychiatrists and psychologists get up in your head. If you haven't done, you know, once you've done all the things and you still have a lot of problems, that's completely different. But I mean, when we're first starting out. OK, so dysthymia or persistent depressive disorder is a long lasting, milder, milder form of depression. Um, a depressed mood must have been experienced most of the time and most of the days over a two week period of time, just like regular depression. Also, a requirement of at least two of the following symptoms must have been present for the two-week period, okay? So, um, one, overeating or lack of appetite. Two, sleeping too much or having trouble sleeping. Three, fatigue, lack of energy. Four, poor poor self-esteem. Five, difficulty with concentration or decision-making. And six, and probably the most important one, is feeling hopeless, okay? Now, you might think, well, man, that's the same as depression. Not really. Also, the thing about it is this lasts two to five years, but it's milder than normal depression. Okay. Also, the symptoms must cause great distress or difficulty functioning at home, work, or other important areas. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying, guys? I just said that, you know, mental disorder is just like, you know, if, if I can control it, I got I got problem at work. I got problem at home. I got problem um, on vacation. I got problem wherever I am. I have the problem, and I'm not sitting there controlling it. And the reason, another reason why I can talk about mental illness, um, unlike other people can, because of my family. So my mother, my grandmother, and my uncle had schizophrenia their whole life, their whole life, basically for the most part. And my grandmother and my uncle, when they both died, they both had serious schizophrenia. When I say schizophrenia, I mean they had to take medicine, and that medicine, that that medication, man, they were sleep all day long. I mean, they were sleep all day long. I go over to see my grandmother, and I'd go in the bedroom and I'd shake her, and she'd wake up and go, "Oh, hey, baby." Hey, my grandmother loved me. I loved her. You know how it goes. Oh, hey, baby. Hey. How you doing? My grandmama love you. Grandmama love you. I love you too, grandmother. And then she she talked for like five or ten minutes, y'all. She go right back to sleep. My grandmother and my uncle lived together for years and years and years until my grandmother died. Then my grandmother, then my uncle and my father lived together. And my father was always taking care of my uncle because my uncle, you know, he'd sleep all day. And that medication puts you out. And if you saw my uncle up, he'd be up. He'd be up for a few hours, man, a day. But, man, he was mostly sleep. And it wasn't him because when my grandmother and listen, you so schizophrenia, man, when my grandmother, like one time my uncle 
we lost him. He, he stopped taking his medication, man. And my uncle took off. My father had to go find him. I was in the Air Force. And my uncle, my father had to go find him, man. He was out in the middle of the woods somewhere, dude, naked stuff. They they had to get him and put him back in the in the uh into the uh into in the mental institution to the hospital, get him on back on medication and do it right. My grandmother was the same thing. When my grandmother, if her medication was wrong or she didn't take it or something like that for a little period of time, she would get very, very angry and his be hysteric, um, be delusional, be all kind of stuff. This is what I'm and then my uh, aunt, she has it too. She has it too. So what I'm saying is, man. You know when mental disorders are real. Then ain't no joke playing around. It's not no joke playing around. And depression is one of those things where you really can't play around with it. And, you know, it's real. You know, it's not some stuff that they didn't made up to try to get you to, you know, take all these medications and stuff. This is real stuff. Okay. So um, remember, dysthymia is long lasting for two to five years and can have a great effect on your marriage. Um, so. That is depression. That's dysthymia. Depression is a serious, serious, you know, uh, thing. Dysthymia is a milder form of depression. It just lasts longer. Okay. Next question. Does medication cure depression or mask it? So that's another thing that you guys have to realize about medication. And so I'm going to explain, you know, I'm going to ask another question too that has to do with this, but You've got to realize that medication, man, it really usually masks the symptoms and masks the pain. It'll take away the pain, but then you feel better. But then you go, okay, what you have to ask yourself is like, okay, why do I feel better? Like, why was I sick in the first place? Like, what's going on in my body to cause that? Um, just taking medication is not a good thing. And if your doctor is a good doctor, he or she's going to tell you the same thing. Like, look, man. I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna give you this this medication for a while, but dude, you need to be trying to win yourself off of it after a while. You don't need to be taking this for, for years and years. Okay, we're gonna give it to you right now because you're in a trauma situation. But you can't be keep taking this for years and years. You know, like people try to say, well, you could take high blood pressure for years and years, man. How do you know that? Really think about that. That is a chemical that's in that you voluntarily insert in your body. Okay. All right. Next, how does disease work in the body? Now, look real quick. Most people, and I didn't know this for 10, 15 years ago. I didn't know this until I read this, but how does disease work in your body? Like, how do you get sick? How does disease happen? Okay. It's very important that you guys understand that. Like, people think, people think, oh, man, I got cancer, man, because, you know, I had bad luck. You've got to ask yourself, like, why did I get this disease? Like, why do I have arthritis? Ask yourself that. Like, if you have it, you know, how does it, how did this happen? It just didn't happen because of bad luck. First of all, there's a lot of spiritual reasons we get sick, too. There's a lot of spiritual reasons that, that Christ allows us to get sick. It's, it, it is. Okay. It's, but it's also a lot of things that we do to cause ourselves to get sick. And everybody knows that we cause ourselves to get sick. We just don't want to admit it. We don't know, either we don't know or don't, or we don't want to we don't want to realize it. Okay? We don't want to accept it, okay? So, how's disease work in the body? So, first of all, toxic material that is in so, okay, so first of all, look at it like this, which all of you know this. Every blood cell in your body goes to every part of your body, right? It hits every organ, the brain, the kidney, the heart, 
down to your toes, up to the top of your head, your fingertips, everything. Okay, so let's think about that. If every blood cell hits every part of your body, okay, when we insert toxic material into our system, so let's just say right now, sugar. So we put sugar into our systems. Everybody knows sugar is bad for us, but nothing is bad for you in moderation. All right. What does that mean? You 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 eat you eat a piece of cake and then you allow that cake through purified drinking water over time, you know, or a day or two, whatever. You allow that sugar to be dispelled from your system through the kidneys, the liver, you know, your digestive system or whatever. Okay. Okay. So the body is very beautifully made. And so it's very hard for us to get sick. Just think about it. The people, all the people that you see that are deathly sick or really, really sick, it took a lot of years for that to happen, right? Of course. So here's how it happens. Toxic material is inserted into this into this bloodstream. And what does it do? So we'll say sugar, it attacks the organs. So slowly over years, it attacks the organs. It'll if we a person that eats sugar every day, then you will get sick over time. You will get sick. Okay. So because every sugar is 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 a turbo. So understand that sugar is a turbo. What is a turbo? It means that if you're out in the city and somebody and you're in a, a convenience store and somebody pulls a gun out, right off the bat, your adrenaline kicks in and you're getting the heck out of Dodge, right? That's your adrenaline kicking in. That's why sugar is a toxin because sugar is meant to be burned off immediately. Sugar, in order for fat to burn, sugar must be gone first. People don't really understand that fat is what the body is the fuel that body wants to the body wants to burn. So if you eat a lot of sugar and a lot of which and a lot of carbohydrates, which are sugar too, then in order for you to lose weight or to get healthy, then all that sugar must be burned out of your system so that then the fat can start to be burned and then you burn off the fat and blah, blah, blah. Now, some people have what we call um, um, res uh, resistance to uh, what is it called oh, i hate when i have a brain fart um insulin resistance and so it's hard for them it's extra extra hard for them to burn off sugar okay so every blood cell reaches every part of the human body carrying toxic material is present in the body and over time this toxic this toxic material causes each organ to systematically break down which then causes the organs to overcompensate and to begin breaking down as well. So let's stay with sugar. If you're a person that eats sugar every day two or two or three times a day or whatever, another thing too, man, every human body is different, just like all of us know. So you might be able to eat 10 pounds of sugar, but I might be able to eat only a gram and, 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 and not get sick, okay? Before I, I'm sorry, before I get sick, Okay. And, and this is what you got to understand. People don't understand. That's why skinny people die of diseases and stuff. People go, what? He was only 140 pounds. He looks so healthy. Well, he's eating low fat stuff. He's a vegan or he's eating stuff, putting stuff in his body that his body can't deal with. And guess what? You know, then what happens is his body starts to break down. People get cancer. You get diabetes. You get whatever. Okay. You've got to understand once one organ gets weakened. So let's say the heart. Once the heart gets weakened, 
then one of the other organs get weakened, like the brain or the kidney or the liver or whatever, or the pain, whatever. Okay, you guys must understand that this is how your body works, and um, in in disease, that's how disease works over time. That once one organ goes down, the other organs compensate, which does what? It wears down the other organs, and then the toxicity in the system. Um, the toxicity in the system starts to um, overtake your body, and then that's when diseases come. Okay. Next, do we under uh, do we underestimate the power of God and the Holy Spirit in healing our depression? Evil and the demonic have taken over our country. Most of us are demonically oppressed. We do underestimate the power of God and the Holy Spirit in the healing of depression, y'all. The reason why is because most people's faith is very weak and they don't really understand the power of the Holy Spirit, the Trinity and all of that. And so today people think, well, I'm just going to go out and run five miles. I'm going to do this aerobic stuff. Uh, people started this. Uh, what do you call it? A uh, fasting, intermittent fasting. I mean, the Catholic Church been fasting for 2000 years, dude. That ain't nothing new. <laughs> You know, and it kills me, kills me, kills me, gentlemen, how we go. to I go to church on Sunday and it's beautiful outside or whatever. And you see people walking around and it's a husband and a wife or a shack up and they just walking the dog on the leash. They ain't got no kids. They just walking the dog. The dog is the most important thing in their life. They walking around. They have no God. Church going on. They don't care. They running. They riding their bike or whatever. And they people think that their body is 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 that they can just have keep. I can just keep my body healthy. I'm gonna live forever. You ain't gonna live forever. I don't care what you do to your body. You are not gonna live forever. The only thing lives forever is your soul. Mistake people have is they think, well, when I die, my soul just gonna go up in oblivion. It's gonna disappear. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. The soul is energy. It cannot be destroyed except by God. And so when you die, your soul is going to go somewhere. And this, the one, the place going to go is heaven, hell, or purgatory. That's what's up. Now, we can all play like we, we can all play like we're ignorant and we don't want to believe it and be in what we call uh, delusion, delusion, the twilight zone. That's fine. But we all die. This is why it makes no sense. It makes no sense to take care of your body and not take care of your soul. It makes no sense at all whatsoever when you think about it logically. And that's the thing about the Catholic faith. It's illogical. It's the intellect. It's the intellect. And once you start thinking about things out, you start realizing, oh, my God. Wow, God does kind of know what he's talking about. Okay, so today it's important that we understand when it comes to depression, do not underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Do not underestimate the power of God. Why am I suffering? Why am I depressed? Okay, we've got to start to understand these things, okay? Next, why don't people allow their bodies to heal themselves? Well, people are lazy and don't want to work to help themselves heal, which is the best way. They believe a pill is easier. People are not willing to suffer to allow their bodies to heal themselves, and doctors know it. Doctors didn't used to be like this. They believed in giving the body time to repair itself if possible. Medication used to be only meant for trauma situations. So, guys, that's what medication and stuff like that is really used to be meant for, like, you in the car wreck or back in the 1800s or 1700s or something, you in the buggy and the horse goes wild and the buggy tips over and I done broke my leg. I've got a 
I've got this wound. Um, I've got a piercing in my chest. You know, uh, a branch went through my went through my stomach. That's a trauma situation, right? I've been shot in the neck, and I've got to get that trauma taken care of. Yes, that is what man-made medicine is awesome for. Because you're in a trauma situation. You ain't got time. The body ain't going to heal itself like that. You got you to gotta be patched up. <laughs> you know, you got to stop the bleeding. You got to, you know. And so that's what my emergency rooms are important. And trauma centers are so important because we have a lot of bad accidents. But on a normal day-to-day basis, a normal day-to-day basis, doctors, what doctors used to do is say, hey, what's wrong? This is what's wrong. Okay, go home, get some rest, go to bed, take this pee, take some Tylenol or something. Today they'll say, take you what they would say, take some Tylenol or something, get the fever down. And then the fever, another thing too, the fever is what the body is trying to help, you know, heal. And so back in the you know olden days, that's what they would do. And the person would go home, the person would get rest, and normally it would work. And the doctor would come and see them like that. Now, though, people aren't like that. People are not willing to suffer that little amount of time um, in order to feel better and let their body take care of itself. We take we put medications in their body, which over time, as we know, causes uh, disease and causes problems. Okay. so after the break, um, after the break, we're going to come back and um, are we going to? Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I think we're going to end there for today because. we're going to end there for the day. I gave you guys a lot of information for the day. And, you know, my internet's holding up pretty good. <laughs> but um, I wanted to lay that foundation today. Um, and I want you guys to really understand, as with your marriage, you have a lot of power. A lot of power to get this fixed. But you have to have the warrior spirit. And the same thing with everything in your life. So I will be right If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right, gentlemen, we are back and we are done for today. And um, just again, let's kind of review kind of what we went on so that you guys can kind of understand and we'll kind of keep and kind of think about what we talked about today. Remember, we'll talk about the, we're talking about depression and depression. There are two types, depression, severe depression, and then there's dysthymia. 
depression, uh, dysthymia is a lot less severe than normal depression, but the kicker with that is it lasts longer. Okay. Um, it lasts two to five years. And also with depression, in order to be depressed, you must have these symptoms for two weeks at least. Okay. And I can read, and I'm going to read those real quick again. Um, one significant weight loss or weight gain, sleeping too much or too little, feeling slowed down, uh, like slow motion, physically agitated or restless, low energy and fatigue, feeling worthless or excessively guilty, difficulty with thinking, concentrating or making decisions. And lastly, recurring thoughts of death or suicide or suicide attempting or planning. OK, and so and not just depressed for two weeks. Also, you have to have at least four of those f- seven symptoms to let us to let you know that you are depressed and then okay so with that being said um remember how disease works in the body as well that you know organs get attacked organs get weak and then the disease happens another thing too is so that's what we're going to do today so tomorrow we're going to cover we'll probably do this in two in uh two episodes it looks like because tomorrow um i'm going to cover the 10 things that that you can do to help with the depression and things like that. Okay. So with that being said, we will, as we always do end with the quote from Pope Benedict the 16th, which states society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you fast. Pray and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!